Educational Affordances of External Clinician Observation of GP Trainee Consultations. Authors, Nancy Sturman, Elizabeth Fitzmorris, Erin Waters, Michelle Sheldrake, and Kathy Lee. Introduction. Direct supervisor observation of trainee practice is widely acknowledged to be an essential aspect of clinical learning, entrustment, and workplace-based assessment. There have been many calls to systematically embed more direct observation into clinical training. There have also been calls to investigate the specific educational utility of different models of direct observation, including the use of observers who are external to the supervisory team. In Australian general practice training, training observation by their clinical supervisors takes place either during formally scheduled sessions or on an ad hoc basis. Both models have limitations. Scheduled sessions of direct observation are uncommon outside the first week of training, partly because of the cost to the practice if a supernumerary supervisor is not seeing their own patients. Ad hoc observation is typically initiated by trainee requests in consultation advice for clinical uncertainty, backup or reassurance for either patient or trainee. Although trainees in their first six months of general practice seek in consultation supervisory assistance in 11% of their consultations, this assistance is frequently provided by phone or outside the patient's hearing with no direct observation of trainee performance. Although patients support observation by GP supervisors, they expect the supervisor to be actively involved in the consultation rather than a fly on the wall. This active supervisor involvement may reduce the agency of the trainee and the authenticity of the supervisor's assessment of the trainee's competence. An alternative model is to engage external medical educators as observers. Sociocultural theory proposes that credible participants who cross boundaries between different communities of practice may have a role in the ongoing flourishing and social learning of both communities by introducing and or encountering new ideas and practices which challenge established local norms and routines. This model may be of particular benefit in general practice where practitioners are relatively isolated compared to hospital-based specialties and practice tends to be less exposed to the scrutiny of peers. We are aware of only one evaluation of a model of external observation in clinical training. This evaluated a series of sessions of direct observation by senior physicians who shadowed trainees to observe everyday trainee activities. The model faced logistical barriers, but was highly rated by trainees. The authors proposed that the longitudinal observer trainee relationship and the absence of any assessment function were important aspects of the model's educational utility. An alternative model of external observation is established in Australian general practice training. External general practitioner educators routinely visit training practices to observe a half-day session of trainee consultations, a minimum of five times during training. These educators may be characterised as boundary crossers, both because they work clinically in different general practices and because they are members of both a medical educator and a clinician community. These external observation visits have a formative assessment function and there is often little or no pre-existing trainee observer relationship. These are important differences from the previously evaluated model 
as well as the general practice and community training context, they therefore warrant further exploration. The aim of this component of a larger study was to explore the educational affordances of the Australian model of external observation in general practice training from the perspectives of both trainees and external observers. Materials and methods. Five trained GP medical educators were recruited as participant observers in a research project focused on in-consultation trainee help-seeking and supervisory assistance. All trainees scheduled to receive routine external observation visits from the five observers between July 2018 and February 2019 were invited to participate in the study following consent from their training practice. The observers wrote field notes during each consultation using a template which included clinical details and any information or guidance accessed by the trainee. The session was followed by individual, semi-structured, audio-recorded interviews with trainees focused on trainee decisions whether to seek assistance and their perspectives on any provided. Observers audio-recorded reflexive memos after every observation session. An external observer focus group was facilitated and audio recorded by the corresponding author following the completion of all observation sessions to debrief and further explore observer perspectives. All audio recordings were transcribed professionally. Two authors read all transcripts in full and developed a code book for first cycle descriptive coding. One author entered the observation data for each visit into an Excel spreadsheet. Atlas TI was used to manage the data. The corresponding author led the analysis, writing theoretical memos throughout and constantly returning to verbatim data to ensure that the analysis remained grounded and attentive to participant voices. Analysis of the data collected was iterative. Two authors met with at least one other author face-to-face -face or online on four occasions during data collection to discuss the available data and preliminary findings. The key themes of external observation, which provided distinctive educational affordances, were determined over the course of the analysis. A constructivist realist methodology was used, which acknowledges that interview participants position themselves carefully as they construct their accounts, but that interviews nevertheless provide useful insights into personal, social and physical worlds, which exist independently of these constructions. Although the data from each observation session had distinctive characteristics, saturation in terms of key themes was approached. Three authors are GP medical educators and participated in the research as external observers. The corresponding author is an academic general practitioner who is undertaking a PhD. One author has a social research background. Neither the corresponding author nor the social researcher has conducted external observation visits. Particular attention was paid to investigator reflexivity. All observers audio recorded reflexive memos after each visit, reflecting on their experiences of participant observation. Observers experienced a tension between their observer and educator roles. Instead of passively observing trainees seeking in-consultation supervisory assistance, which was the research plan, they preferred to relieve the burden on trainees and supervisors and meet the educational goals of the visit by providing assistance themselves. Observers also reflected that their typical feedback, conversation, feedback conversations with trainees between consultations were likely to impact on trainee help seeking. These reflections highlighted the active educational role typically taken by observers 
leading the corresponding author to expand the observation template and the study focus to include input from the external observers and the educational affordances of external observation visit. This research project was approved by the University of Queensland Institutional Human Research Ethics Committee and supported by the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners with funding from, from the Australian Government under the Australian General Practice Training Programme through a 2018 Education Research Grant. Results. Of the 30 training practices invited to participate, 22 consented. Of the 38 trainees approached, 23 consented. The 23 data sets comprised field notes from 23 observation sessions, a total of 131 observed patient consultations. 23 trainee interviews, mean duration 17 minutes, five to 40 was the range. 10 follow-up trainee phone interviews, 23 observer memos, total duration 180 minutes, and one observer focus group, duration 53 minutes. Participant demographic information is provided in the table. In most cases, trainees and observers were not known to each other, although a few trainees had previously attended educational sessions delivered by the observers. In this article, we described three themes of external observation, which offer distinctive educational affordances. Observation and discussion of multiple consecutive consultations, observation and discussion of trainee access to supervisory assistance, and distinctive interpersonal dynamics Illustrative quotations are ascribed to external observers or trainees. Trainee and patient genders may have been changed to preserve anonymity. Theme one, observation and discussion of multiple consecutive consultations. Observers saw a diverse range of consultations in their entirety, from the initial stages of information gathering through to safety netting and consultation closure, and identified a range of teaching opportunities. Trainees were able to brief the observer about additional history or previous management based on their knowledge of the patient. Observers provided feedback about communication skills and consultation strategies, as well as clinical matters. When registrars seek help, often it's around knowledge and skills, but I'm actually trying to look at the other domains. I'm trying to look at what their professionalism is, what their self-care is like, what their note-taking is like, and what their communication skills are like. You know. They're never going to say, can you come in and help me communicate with a suicidal patient? Another trainee was observed to have problem setting, problems setting manageable agendas early in consultations and was coached to improve this over the session. Observers noted gaps in trainee knowledge and skills unbeknown to the trainee, including deficiencies in physical examination techniques. A few observers reported providing valuable coaching and direct advice for these unknown unknowns in front of patients. More commonly, observers addressed trainee learning needs immediately after the patient had left. Post-consultation feedback was timely enough to modify patient management if necessary. One trainee, for example, phoned their patient to return for a precautionary scaphoid plaster later that afternoon. These post-consultation conversations were highly rated by both observer and trainee. So it's kind of like the curtains close, the scene has ended, and now we can pull it apart. So that's when a lot of the education happens. There's only very few times that you can actually have to step in and intervene. It's quite a difficult skill to teach while the patient's in the room. Conversations range beyond the consultation itself. Trainees were curious about the observer's clinical practice 
and valued opportunities to discuss and evaluate different clinicians' approaches to clinical uncertainty and challenges. I think it's nice to have another GP in there, and especially when you're training, because I don't really have anyone else to talk to, so I like having the ECT visits. I always just say, is this what you would do? EOVs are widely known as ECT visits in Australia. Theme two, observation and discussion of trainee access to supervisory assistance. Trainee help seeking skills and their responses to supervisory assistance were also observed. Observers noted a number of barriers to obtaining supervisor assistance. One trainee, for example, was observed having difficulty contacting her supervisor, then waiting for him to attend. I wrote down that you made a total of three phone calls to, and you left the room twice to try and find him. How was it for you? I guess it makes it a bit awkward with the patient sitting here <laughs> and waiting, and especially when I know there's other people who are waiting to see me. My supervisor is so busy, and I don't know how to improve on that, to be honest. Several trainees commented that expectations of help seeking were less clear help was less accessible, and trainees were less clearly identified as trainees to patients than in some previous hospital training placements, all of which made seeking supervisor assistance more challenging. Several trainees were particularly reluctant to call on other general practitioners for assistance, even when their nominated supervisor was unavailable. Observers reflected that even supportive supervisors may be unaware of this trainee perspective. They've lost sight of the work of seeking, of help seeking, of the phone calls and the lurking in the corridor and the waiting for the doors to open and the waiting with your patients so you feel more and more embarrassed. Observers also gained a sense of trainee-supervisor relationships, including training evaluations of supervisor credibility and their influence on help seeking decisions. If it's something where I think that I'm not going to feel comfortable with the answer, I won't ask the question. One trainee was unusual in reporting very little help seeking throughout training and appearing ambivalent about the value of, of observer advice, remarking that he probably would have got there myself either way after being prompted about an additional investigation by the observer. The observer reflected that the trainee's practice was safe but limited. In fact, he, as I watched his consults, it doesn't surprise me. In fact, he fixes things for now, but he doesn't necessarily interact with the breadth and potential of what a consult can be. Observers also noted that trainees found it difficult at times to present the cogent information about their patient while meeting typical supervisor expectations of tightly focused problem formulations, which include a management plan. One trainee, for example, asked his supervisor a technical question about changing from one antidepressant to another information which he had already sourced online. His concern was, in fact, that the patient's moderately severe depression appeared to be medication resistant. In several observed cases of in-consultation assistance, the trainee did not follow the supervisor's advice, commenting to the observer that this had been based on partial or even, or even misleading information provided the by the trainee themselves. Observers also noted that trainees could have difficulty articulating their concerns in front of patients, while maintaining patient and supervisor impressions of their competence. One trainee, for example, was observed asking for help with plastering a forearm in a roundabout way that she didn't feel comfortable doing the plaster herself. Theme three, 
distinctive interpersonal dynamics. Several trainees were nervous in anticipation of the observation session, partly because it had a formative assessment function. Almost all trainees, however, commented on the collegiality and educational value of the sessions. Several trainees found it reassuring that the observer would interrupt their consultation if, but only if, the trainee was making a serious error or omission. This fear was frequently described, especially early in training. There's always that thought in your mind of, have I missed something? That's just normal medicine, I think, as well. It's lovely having someone else experienced in the room. Because I have four weeks of experience, you know, it's amazing. It's great. Very helpful. The observers also developed a strong sense of collegiality with almost all the trainees over the session, being on the same side of the room and in a mentoring role. Well, they're not having to ask for our help, are they? We're there offering support and help. We're there on their side. And yes, there is a team and we're a part of a wider team and they may not meet us again, but it's a system of support. Several commented that consulting was often stressful for trainees, although they were able to maintain their composure while the patient was present. In terms of the dynamic with patients, trainees often had existing relationships with and previous knowledge of patients. Several observers remarked that patients often assumed that the observers themselves were learners in the practice, similar to medical student observers. Sometimes the patient may think that you're the person being taught. They mistake you for a medical student. When the registrar leaves the room, they go, are you learning something? One patient complimented the trainee during the session. You know, isn't he good? He's done this before. So it's actually a chance for the patient to champion their doctor as well on the journey. I sort of listen and think, that's so good. Observers witnessed and experienced some of the challenges for supervisors of providing and consultation assistance, including for trainees in their first week of general practice. The trainee was doing okay. It wasn't dangerous. But, you know, there's so many teaching points. Sometimes trying to figure out which ones to react to as an ECT visitor, and I'm sure as a supervisor, it takes a little bit of judgment and it depends on how much time you have. Trainees in difficulty altered the dynamics of the observed session, including the observer's attention to the patient's perspective. The second registrar was really struggling, so I managed that probably differently. I gave her probably more support because she was feeling so uncomfortable. She was so dysfunctional in some of these consultations that I was probably a patient safety in one, and then it was just trying to facilitate, you know, a worthwhile experience for the patient. Discussion. Our study highlights key educational affordances of planned sessions of direct observation of general practice trainee consultations by external observers. These affordances arise from the observation and discussion of sessions of consecutive consultations, including any seeking of assistance, and distinctive interpersonal dynamics. Findings extend previous literature focused on observation by general practice supervisors usually during ad hoc supervision. Supervisor observers may offer similar affordances in some respects, although with ad hoc observation, the supervisor typically joins and exits mid-consultation, leaving no opportunity for timely pre or post-consultation conversation. Scheduled sessions of supervisory observation, on the other hand, would allow observation of diverse entire consultations and timely conversation between consultations. Supervisor familiarity with trainee patients and local context 
longitudinal supervisory relationships, assuming these are not dysfunctional, and opportunities for bi-directional observation may be additional advantages of scheduled sessions of supervisor observation. Barriers would need to be addressed, however, for example, by funding supernumerary supervisors in training practices and reducing patient bookings. We found that external observation may also have distinct educational affordances compared to supervisor observation. External observers are well positioned to promote appropriate and effective trainee help seeking. The observer, in contrast to the trainee and supervisor, is a newcomer with no prior knowledge of the patient and often no existing relationships within the training practice. Patients may see them as learners and have little expectation of active intervention in their consultations. Observers therefore have a different perspective and status from supervisors who know their patients and trainees. In the case of trainees in difficulty, the absence of a longitudinal trainee supervisor workplace relationship may actually have some advantages. The external observer may be more comfortable providing constructive feedback as they have less need to manage patient impressions of trainee competence or maintain harmonious workplace relationships. Their educator skill set is also likely to increase the effectiveness of such feedback. We found that collegial trainee observer alliances can be formed during a single session of external observation. Some trainees may indeed prefer a series of one-off collegial visits from different observers, although visits might also contribute to an ongoing mentoring role. Frequent observer comments about being on the same side of the room as the trainee suggests that the power differential between observer and trainee may be smaller than expected from the session's formative assessment component. We would, however, be very cautious about increasing the assessment stakes of these sessions for fear of compromising their collegiality and candour. Findings confirmed that credible observers who cross boundaries between different general practices and between medical educator and clinician communities have potential to modify both clinical and medical education practice in line with sociocultural theory. External observers provide feedback, guidance, reassurance and pastoral support to trainees and may reduce their sense of isolation. Wide-ranging conversations during observational visits may inspire some trainees to move beyond coping routines and safely challenge various local norms and practices. The training practices to function as effective social learning systems and trainees to practice safely, trainees must learn to critically evaluate different practices and the credibility of different advice. From the medical educator perspective, the observation of authentic training workplaces, gaining insights into trainee and supervisor perspectives may increase the effectiveness of their educational offerings to both trainees and supervisors. Strengths of the study include the large data set and attention to multiple perspectives and reflexivity. Limitations include the small number of observers who were all female and the limited representation of trainees in difficulty. Social desirability may have influenced trainees to exaggerate the value of the visit, although trainee interviews appeared to all authors to be candid and authentic. To some extent, the observer experience predominates. Further research might consider using non-participant researchers to explore the trainee experience and or analyse video recorded observation sessions. Benefits accruing to external observers, including payment and the opportunity to visit other general practices, and perhaps an unusually strong investment in their educational roles may have inclined observers to be particularly positive about the visits. However, we were struck by the candour of observer reflections on the tensions within their participant observer roles and the impacts of their educational input. These drew attention to the importance of exploring the educational activity and affordances of the external visit itself. 
While the candour and thoughtfulness of participants speaks to the trustworthiness of these incidental findings, they may not be a comprehensive account of external observation. We have not explored the relative affordances of synchronous or asynchronous observation of video recorded consultations or examine the cost of external observation visits, which may be prohibitive for some clinical training contexts, including remote settings. The relative isolation and low visibility of general practice work, however, strengthen the case for funding such sessions in general practice training. We recommend that sessions of external observation of general practice trainee consultations should complement both ad hoc and scheduled supervisor observation. The sessions should incorporate time for conversation between consultations and trainees should be encouraged to seek some in consultation assistance from their usual practice resources. Conversations about any reluctance to do so may be useful in revealing issues with trainee help seeking and or supervision. The authors recommend consideration of this model more widely in clinical training. Acknowledgements. This research project was supported by the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners with funding from the Australian Government under the Australian General Practice Training Program. We acknowledge General Practice Training Queensland for their support with this research. The corresponding author also acknowledges the support for PhD supervisors throughout her PhD journey. Thank you.